Yo, what up, what up, what up? This is the lazy what up, what up, what up? <laughs> Okay, this is my moment. No, no, I'm just playing. You want to say what up, what up? What up, what up, what up? This is the Lazy Philosophers Podcast. Um, I'm Shiro, myself, with Will Petit. <laughs> you know, it, sound, it sounds like I have like a little kid, like I've kidnapped like a child, and we're talking about relationships, and it's like me coming out as a pedophile. <laughs> It's funny, this is the first time that we're doing this after I've actually, like, watched your YouTube videos, listened to some. So. Which, which episode of the podcast do you listen to? Um, I don't remember the names of them. But, uh, but, but yeah, more watching the videos. So it's like last time, it's like, oh, we're just friends doing this. Now it's a celebrity friend. <laughs> yeah, you know that microcosm celebrity, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, I, did I tell you I have been spotted? Huh? Um, yeah, oh, really? yeah, at my gym, like, someone recognized me. From your YouTube video? Yeah, well, no, from my Quora, but, um... How? Because you have a profile picture? Oh, I, well, I've also posted pictures. Pat, like, early on, I was like, well, like, you know, how do I get to blow up? I'll post a bunch of pictures of me half-naked on there. Yeah, so, like, like I'd find questions where I could, like, loop in, like, posting my pictures of myself half-naked. Jesus! Yeah, and so some of those blew up. Loop in from, like, uh, just econ question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you know, well, it, like, sex is a transactional affair. Like, see, if a girl values this body, this is my body, by the way. God like, damn. no. <laughs> I actually, I just had a, a thing, it's like 1,400 upvotes right now. Um, it was like, what is something that looks easy but is hard? And I wrote sex and i talked about how like as like a kid i was always thinking that like yo i could put it down way harder than these porn stars i'm watching Wait, what was the original question that was what what is something that looks easy, easy but it's hard. actually hard okay and um i was like watching these porn stars. i was like man i'll be killing this shit you know like you know and then even my fantasies i was doing like all sorts of stuff like where like that was like you know i thought i could have sex for hours and then i had sex and I wasn't like having not it wasn't even like I wasn't having sex for hours it's just like from a dude like and if a girl if you're trying but especially from a dude it's exhausting you know what I'm saying yeah. like you, I feel like porn does not make sex look easy though dude see this is the thing though after if you've never had sex Sure. You're like, yeah, man, that's exactly, I could just, like, move my rhythm like that and, like, sync up. Like, yeah, you know. And, okay, like, yeah. and then you get into the the nitty-gritty and you're just like, man, there are limbs here that I have to move. <laughs> like, and then, and then, like, you know, you feel this impulse to ask. Like, I remember early on during sex, I'd be like, hey, are you okay? And, like, you know, and, like, I know, right? Just, like, totally, like, <laughs> you know, um, killing the moment. And then, like, just even staying aware in the moment, like. Are you okay? That, Not, dude. like, are you? liking this no yeah yeah are you okay yeah that's exactly i had to like basically unlearn manners to be just even a competent sex partner how old were you when you started sex like 12 17 (laughs) (laughs) at late late 17 Jesus. Yeah. We haven't even said the topic yet. Well, well, like, you know, I think unless they're illiterate, you know, um, which honestly, if you are illiterate, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But our topic is relationships. And like, so like, I think um, we've talked about this before. I think that sex shouldn't always just have to be in the relationship. I think you should be able to have sex with other people outside of your relationship. I get it. So you're not saying that sex has to be in a relationship you're saying that you can be in a monogamous relationship and then also have sex outside it or yeah you or you saying- can have a monogamous relationship with someone never fuck them and fuck only other people like i, I just like 
So are you saying that you can be polyamorous, or you can say you can lie to your partner and have sex outside the relationship? Well, you can do both. You know. Yeah, you basically, <laughs> basically can. No, I'm, I'm, but I'm saying I think you can have a healthy relationship where you can just like, like not, just be having sex with that person. So you can have a, a healthy relationship where you are having sex outside of it. Yeah. As long as that partner knows that you're doing it. Or yeah, and the only reason why that matters is because I think when you're when you lying to someone in a relationship context, it feels heavy, and you can't be yourself around them. So it kind of sucks. When you're relying. Oh, no, no, like when you feel like you're lying or you're like living oh. a false self or oh, like totally. you're suppressing information and like it kind of just eats at you and then you just can't be yourself so you look for more instances to be away from them. Mm. And so like rather than do all that, so the honesty isn't even for them, it's for Yourself. you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, would, uh, I would agree with you. I actually recently started watching this YouTube channel. Um, the Lazy Philosopher? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, it's like this couple, Connor and Brittany, and they talk about their polyamorous relationship i haven't seen that many of them but it's i think kind of the core of it is that because like we associate polyamory with like just kind of physical wanting the most pleasure but their thing is that it's actually like a more sincere relationship where the like if we're two complete people then, like, as complete people, we can have other relationships. And then, like, there's no codependency. And um, and there's a lot of communication around it. I, I don't know. Um, but I like the idea of it. But, yeah, there's not... Obviously, yeah, monogamy is, like, the typical, the standard. So, there's a lot of people that think that way. Well, like, the only... So, like, for me, I think... I don't think polyamory is for everybody. I just think that it should be... And I'm, I'm not even talking about polyamory in, like, the traditional, like... Hey, you know... Like, uh... Or, like, the swinging capacity. Or even that you have to have multiple... Like, a lot of... Like, a lot of polyamorous people... They don't actually appreciate you using the term like that for... Uh, it's, like, all within one relationship. So, mm. like... It, it's not like polygamy like because polygamy implies marriage but like oh. but like polyamory like like you're just kind of like in this like group of people who are all having sex with each and other and they all know about each other yeah or that you're like have two partners and you're just one dude and you guys like live together that's how oh. like polyamory is traditionally explored and that's how I've actually got chewed out by people who are polyamorous online whenever oh. I so I don't like you know people get into their I'm, I'm special you know <laughs> but like I'm special because like this is my thing I just think like I think you should have a monogamous relationship with a sex with other people option. And you're also having sex with a person you're monogamous with? Yeah, like, I think that should be cool. I don't even, like, I, do old people have sex a lot? I think in, um... Elders in, in, like, yeah. Yeah. Homes for yeah. Sure. But, like, before that, like, old people don't have sex a lot. Right. You know? Um, I do think that you want to have someone who has the same sexual drive as you. So, so in your mind, like, well, yeah, what are the pros of being in a relationship and having sex outside that relationship? Well, number one, um, any kind of sexual, if you're having, like, sexual frustrations in the relationship, it's not focused towards one person. So, like, 
this is the thing is you can't help if somebody doesn't want to like it's just not feeling like having sex right but yeah. there could be all other elements of the relationship that are going well they're amazing parent they're amazing or maybe in a case provider they're totally. amazing confidant it's just like they're not at a point where they want to be having sex as regularly as you and rather than take out your sexual frustrations on somebody else because you can't you're not having sex as regularly as you want and this ending up building a lot of animosity in the relationship why don't you just like have somebody else outside of the relationship that you're having sex with from some time to time and maybe maybe even in a transactional form and that way it's not it's not putting um unnecessary pressure on the relationship or ruining it just because that person isn't where you're at in terms of physiology i fully agree with that and honestly like if my boyfriend came up to me and was like uh where are you going i'm gonna get more tea oh <laughs> keep talking uh, if he came up to me and was like, you know, I kind of want to explore, you know, try, try, try with a dude or, you know, th- this particular kink. And if I knew that I would enjoy that, I would be like, you should go, yeah, go find it. Yeah. Go find someone to explore that with. Um, and then tell me how, like, how would it, you know, like, I, now I'm like thinking like, well, would you actually, and honestly, yeah, that's, I think that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And like. They, I mean, especially now that I've been watching these, like, kink videos, like, and it started as just, like, oh, how goofy and silly, but, like, with, like, the age play and the pet play, and some of that just looks like playing house, but, like, I don't know, like, if someone was, like, an expert in that, I'd be like, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, well, and also there's a lot, with, with those exploration, there's a lot of, like, trust involved. We talked about this earlier, like, with yeah. bondage play and everything like that, um, and so, like, like, Here's the thing is, if you, if for, let's, let's say, for example, like, you get in a relationship, right? You guys are married for, like, 15 years, or you guys are partners for 15 years, and then all of a sudden, you're like, you know, like, I want to explore this other kind of stuff, and, like, you know, you're cool with it, but you're not, or they're not, like, or he, the guy's cool with it, but he's, that's not, like, his thing, right? Like, it's, it's kind of, like, exhausting for him to be that dude, right? And, you, mean, you mean the, like, whatever sexual thing it yeah, is? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, like, being dominant. Yeah. That can be exhausting for people. Exactly, especially if it's not the hat that they wear, right? Right. And let's say, like, you, but you continue want to continue and explore that. I think, so here, here, here is where people get scared. And this is why, this is why people are, like, feel apprehensive. Is because they feel that if they can't provide that for you, right? Mm-hmm. They, that they're not the sole person providing you feelings. That there's no incentive for you to stay. You're saying that's what they fear. That that's what that's the subconscious fear is that what right. we offer that like it, like it's like kind of like a big business, right? Like we're the only ones who can provide you this, and if anyone else can provide it, it it, it throws your your affection to me. It it could be it could be ruined, right? You know. And then we also tend to associate, and this is very much so in the American lexicon of using the word love, an intense feeling. Mm-hmm. So someone someone. I've had people provide me intense feelings, but I don't fucking love them. Right. And when you look at that from, but like, if you think that that intense feeling means that you love them, let's say you get into some some bondage thing, right? Yeah. And you have a, a your, your husband lets you do it, and you're you you have a, a guy who's a dom or a, a submissive who who basically opens your world. You're experiencing next level, like transcendent sexual experiences, right? And you're like, this got to be love. 
Because there's no other way to explain how this feels so good. But right. actuality, it might not actually even be love. It might just be an intense yeah, physical yeah. pleasure. But I think the way we label words gets in the way of that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. But yeah, it's interesting, like, yeah, that that fear of if I'm not the one providing it, then you're going to leave me. Like, it is a very egoic thing. It's like, if, if the attitude was like, genuinely like I want you to have the best experience possible that's like that's a you thing like I like I don't know I I wish that that were more common of like if you need that and I can give it to you like I will be so happy for you to go and find that and that that doesn't mean I'm a lesser person. That doesn't mean you're attracted to me less. Well, you know, it's- I like how you said lesser person because that's we associate how much we are we are um, like wanted as our value, right? And so I think that is the initial impulse, right? Because we come from a, especially guys. But I think all human beings. But like, I'm going to speak from a guy's point of view because this is what I understand. We come from a competitive frame, mm-hmm. right? Where we're constantly having to assert our value onto the world, and it's very fragile. And it, I, I don't know, man. Like, I think that if we just taught people that we don't have to be everything for someone, right? We don't, and that's completely fine. That like the idea of like, I think there's a lot of people who, so I think people would also be more content in their relationships. Mm-hmm. If they had that attitude. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because you're only going to be focusing on what that person isn't for you when they can't. Like you said, they can't be everything. Exactly. Because, like, if you expect... I like how you pointed that out. Because if you expect, like... Let's say you go into a business, right? Let's say you go into an interview at J.P. Morgan. And they don't have bathrooms, mm-hmm. right? And you need to use bathroom. You're kind of like, what <laughs> the hell is going on with this organization? I, I expect... It's J.P. Morgan. How the fuck do you guys not have bathrooms? But if it was just some 7-Eleven bodega and they're like, yeah, we don't have bathrooms, you're not mad at them for not having bathrooms, <laughs> all right? And what I'm trying to say, and this is a weird example, but what I'm trying to say is that if you just went in with a blank slate and was like, this is going to be whatever it is, right. right? And I'm not expecting it to be more, there's no loss totally. there. And um, I, the, so this, this is where monogamy comes in, is, or, is property, I think monogamy is rooted in that for a lot of history, women have been men's property, right? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in a sense, and it's carried over. Like, you know, now it's like mutual property. We both own each other, basically. Mm-hmm. And there are severe, like, consequences mm-hmm. from the state for saying that we're no longer um, obliged to each other. Yeah. And I think that when you think that someone else can have your property or someone's using your property, that's whenever you're like... It's attached to you. Your right. property is attached to you. And so you feel lost. But you never really had it. You had access to an experience with the person. And I think that's what we fall in love with. I don't think we fall... I, I don't fall in love with the girl. I fall in love with the context. What do you mean the context? The context of our relationship. So, like, here's the thing. It's like, you date a guy, right? Mm-hmm. You're playing a game with him. You, the, you enjoy the relationship for as long as that game is fun. Right? As soon as that game stops being fun, it kind of gets draining. It gets exhausting. You don't pull from it anymore and you don't want to be with them. Mm-hmm. And that, what, all that is is a context, right? Like, you know, I could say I like really love this girl, right? Like, I showed you a picture of a girl, right? Just now. Said she's really attractive, really like to date her. She got like horrible, like disgusting acne <laughs> all over her face. That ruins the context. She's like 
basically internally the same person. I, okay, yeah. And no. I'm, or you're dating a guy and he loses his dick, right? And it was like perfect before then. Then what? Has he changed as an individual? Let's say he has the exact same personality, but the context is different. Yeah, that's. I feel like this theme of ego of um of being territorial versus like I don't know like being like. A country like colonizing another space versus like that's just a landmass that exists that we're not more entitled to than another. Like, if you're yeah, this I respect that you're a complete person and I don't need to own you. Yeah. And what I'm invested in is your happiness, and I'm gonna trust that you're invested in my happiness. And part of that is, uh, uh, yeah, I wish it was the. I think psychopathy is a lot better. I think, like, using a psychopath's perspective, using psychopathy. Because <laughs> I think, like, honestly, if you're just like, look, we're in this, and I enjoy you, and I enjoy making you feel better, but it's for me, right? And at the end of the day, if eventually I stop fulfilling the desire in you to make you feel happy, mm-hmm. and you stop fulfilling the desire for me to feel happy, let's just fucking end it. Like, like. Well, that's an aspect of it, but I also do see a generosity in it. Like, I get that, you know, we're we're only going to be invested in relationships that we're getting things out of, but I also do sense that that there is um that is almost a way of showing love in saying, you know, what I care is that you're happy, and if that means you're gonna go um, you know, get into like rope play or whatever, like so be it. Uh, so I. I- yeah, I, I think so. I think we're arriving at the same result. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think that it's still reliant on who you are as an individual, right? Because, like, if you're not able to make amends with that, you know, even the generosity, right? Mm-hmm. You just like to see the other person happy. That, that makes you feel good. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, if it's not, if it's not for you, yeah. then it, it's kind of exhausting. And I, I, I know that. If what's not for you? If, if, if like, let's say, like, um, let's say, like, Oh, now here's a point where we'll breach where it's like honesty, right? Yeah. Let's say there's a person who's like, look, I'm trying to be cool with this, and I just can't, mm-hmm. right? And I want to be happy for you, yet I can't. Yet the person wants to carry out doing that role play stuff, and if it's detriment to you is more than the relationship, then just end it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because at the end of the day, it is still about you. And I think th- there, there needs yeah. to be a level of self-knowledge, you know, like... How am I, like, like you know, I, I don't like when girls I date touch my friends in public. I just don't like, like, I'm cool if they have sex with other people, you know, as long as we talked about it. But, like, I'm not cool with that. Mm-hmm. But if a girl keeps doing that, it doesn't make her a bad person. I don't think we should moralize it. Like, I think so many times right, we... Right, it's a boundary. Yeah, yeah, it's just, like, a boundary for me. And, like, it's just, like, you know, some people might find it messed up, whatever. It's just for me that evokes a very visceral response. And so I just don't like it and I just... It to me is too taxing. Yeah, and that's what, like, there there's so much I don't know, but the little bit I'm learning about the kink community, I think they really embrace that, where you know, these are my kinks, these are my hard boundaries. You know, like I like pain, I don't like knife play, I like um, pretending I'm a little girl and you're my daddy, uh, but like, nothing with abuse per se. Mm. You know. And, um, and yeah, it definitely takes out any kind of moral issue because it's this understanding of, like, this is a fantasy. We're role-playing a fantasy, and we're taking care of each other. And, um, you know, like, they really emphasize aftercare. And um, and this girl, Evie Lupine, I'm just watching her videos. Like, she seemed, like... Shout-out to Evie Lupine. <laughs> Lupine. 
Yeah, just the way she talks, it sounds like there's yeah some understanding of the science behind it the the dopamine the hormones the adrenaline yeah um well it's also the loss of control right because totally the thing is is fundamentally what drives really great sex is the fact that you aren't giving yourself the feeling like and that someone else is giving in, in a very rare case not not symbolically giving you a feeling really giving you a feeling and i'm giving myself over and giving up my faculties to completely engage in that feeling engage in that feeling and i think that when you when you kind of um with with like kinks and stuff like that it's so much it is so much trust and like i think trust has to be trust is like the law right it has to be talked about it has to be codified right like i think a lot of times people try to use templates to talk about how they feel, they try to use identity politics. I'm using identity <laughs> politics as a thing like, oh, I'm black, so this, I should basically vote these issues, right? And people do that with their relationship. The thing is, most of us don't fit into a template. We definitely don't fit into a Judeo-Christian template of what a good relationship is. And yet we still use that model. And then we're upset whenever it doesn't fit us, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, I think if you... I've had friends who've always cheated on their girlfriends. Yeah. Since day one. Like, like it wasn't, it wasn't even a consideration. I think they should just have open relationships. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> I think if that's, if that's just always been the way. For me, dude, I can eat the same food all the time. Like, that's how I know monogamy's going to work out for me. I'm like, eat Chipotle, same Chipotle, <laughs> you know? But at the same time, like, I think that you have to be able to be honest with yourself. And I think that honesty, I think morals get in the way of honesty. I think, I think mm-hmm. morals can make you honest, but I think they get in the way of honesty with the self. Because it, it makes us not, we have that moral bias. Like, oh, I want to look at myself in this light. Like, I, Yeah, this, like... I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, you, sh- you, you know what? I had all these good points, and I was just talking until someone interrupted me. <laughs> uh, like, okay, so, yeah, I'm in um, outpatient rehab right now uh, for drug addiction, and today, when I feel like I can... Because I'm not going to say names, it's fine. Um, a girl was talking about cheating on her boyfriend, and um, one of the therapists in the room was like, basically saying you know this is um you know you're going through a manic episode because she's bipolar this is a symptom of that you're impulsive you know don't you feel shameful about it and she was like i can't remember what she said basically like she didn't feel great about it but it it's kind of what what you're saying like it's clear so it bothered me that she was saying this is like for sure a symptom of yeah. her bipolar disorder lots of people cheat and not all of them are bipolar she was also like purposely trying to make her feel ashamed and she did feel guilty because it was outside the confines of her relationship Mm -hmm. of what they established but it wasn't outside her value system because she's clearly like she's more comfortable hooking up with you know different people you know like yeah she's not really a monogamous personality yeah so yeah she she it's like what you're saying she's like taking on this template that doesn't really suit her and that's what's bothering her exactly. but it doesn't it did not like she wasn't really going against her values no you know well it's that her values were shining through despite her software like the thing is is like and to take it back to game example why do we use the word cheating right because it's a preordained it's a game and like someone's doing something that's against the rules yeah. right and so what i think is like really productive is to look at what game you want to play like what game, like like what game and being very honest and your games can change as life goes on. What I want now 
isn't necessarily what I'm going to want when I have kids, mm-hmm. right? It's not, but, like, the thing is, is to be honest about it. And I think we do do that to an extent, but I think, like, a deeper level of inquiry, especially if, like, it's like, dude, like, you know, I've cheated in every relationship. And, like, the first thing that people will do is, does that make me a slut? Does that make me a man whore? Like, you know, I don't think a guy's going to be like, am I a man whore? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, and they try to label it. But it's not really about the label. It's about the action. And that's what, whenever the therapist was saying all that, that to me was like the biggest problem is like, cause you're just trying to put it in a box so you don't really deal with it. Like I wanted to post this joke on Facebook uh, where it's like um, how liberals solve problems. Um, the Mexicans are taking our jobs. You're a racist, triple dot, problem solved. And like, it's just like, you're not really addressing the problem by just labeling a person. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. definitely becoming an issue. You know? And, and it's losing the weight of those, like, words anyway. Yeah, well, and and so it's about, back to, like, the relationship context. It's just like, dude, really, you have to be... Everyone talks about honesty, but they always talk about with the other person. Like, you gotta be honest. You gotta, no, you gotta be honest with your fucking self. That's definitely... Like, as I get older, that becomes more and more true. Like, it's kind of easy to lie... It really is. Um, You know, I mean, and that's the essence of, like, recovery. Is like, you can go into a meeting and get a 30-day chip knowing that you used three days ago. No one knows that, you know? But you know. But you know that. And, like, that's what the program is based on. Like, you you if You can't build if you don't trust. It doesn't... Nothing means anything unless... You can assign it meaning. And we can't assign lies meaning. It just, they don't mean something to us. We, we try to manufacture a way in which they mean something to us, but they can't, right? Mm-hmm. But when you, because you're not giving up anything in a lie. Basically, a lie is a shield from vulnerability. But in order to really experience something deep, kind of something beautiful, you have to have a, trans, you have to be honest. You have to risk honesty. And I think that is the, that's, if you can be honest with yourself, you can at least start a building point with other people. I um I wanted to write a book whenever I was I had graduated from college and I um I got like 30 40 pages in and it was called The Nine Layers of Discipline. And the thing I put at the very bottom, the core of it was honesty, honesty with self, honesty with others and honesty in life. And um I think with relationships, there's so many people lying to themselves and they build on this weak foundation of lies. And they try to build with someone else who's on a weak foundation of lies. Right. And they try to build a life on lies. And it just falls apart. And it's not like blatant lies. It's just like, it's not the truth. And the thing is, lies, you said it's easy to lie. But it's actually very hard to lie for a very long period of time. And it comes exhausting. And it comes scary. If It feels like you're building something that is going to fall. It's only a matter of time. And that, how, how can you do that with another person? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been thinking. Well, first of all, that like it's recent, but this is the first time I that I do feel like I'm I am honest. I'm honest with myself. I am like very mindful of telling truth to everybody, Um, and part of that is like I don't think I'm capable of being a full like member of a relationship, able to give love if one I don't love myself. And I don't see how I could really love myself and have that high esteem if I am living these lies, you know? You you know, my dad told me this. He said, when you lie to someone, you're telling yourself that they are more important than you. And, Hmm. like, who do you lie to? Your parents? Mm -hmm. Police? (laughs) 
But if you're lying to everybody, you're telling yourself who, who I am isn't enough. Who I am isn't fucking enough. And by your actions, you're not saying it in your head. And, hmm. that, and when you said esteem, yeah, I think that takes from your esteem because esteem is about self-acceptance, right? Whatever it is, it's just like I am who I am. And I don't think there can be love without acceptance, right? Um, yeah, that's I, definitely true. At least, at least, there's there could be f- things that look like love, mm-hmm. um, you know, more like like wanting or yearning for, but well, th- and that comes back to that completeness. I I don't think if you're incomplete, I don't I don't really think you. You're always f- gonna be incomplete. I see. Like the, I think there's a whole lot of rhetoric. Like I'm a complete fucking island. No, dude, you get access to yourself through other people. Um, like I, I guess I, I mean more from like a spiritual standpoint. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know, I'm still thinking about you saying, like, or now I'm thinking about the things I lie about, you know, like, when I was more lying, and all I would lie about was using, you know, so, like, if I told mm-hmm. the truth... There'd be consequences. You know, and that that is definitely, like, yeah, it's, I, it's... Yeah, it wasn't really based on, like, I'm not enough, it was... I like your socks. Thank you. (laughs) Not necessarily consequences. Because, like, you know, I haven't lived under my parents' roof in a long time. I think the consequences really being seeing people who care about me sad. You know, like, that that was only real consequence. Um, Can't push you deeper? Because I'm always always trying to see the selfishness in it, right? Like, human actions. Well, yeah, also, I didn't want to quit. Or, or, and also, did you like bolstering the self-image of someone who wasn't using because um, I, I think a lot of times we lie to maintain self-image. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a component of it. And, yeah, the selfishness of, like, well, I want to keep using. And I also know that seeing you sad is going to make it drugs less enjoyable for me because mm-hmm. I'm going to feel so guilty about it. See, and look how we broke down that moralizing bias <laughs> wall right there. So one was purely altruistic. And then it's a two-way street. Yeah, there, altruism is always part of the intentional base. But yeah, I, I don't believe in altruism. You know, I, 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 believe, I believe whatever, man. Like, whatever we call it. There's times I enjoy doing things from other people, but it makes me feel good. Um, like, at the end of the day, um, I, think, um, I think what's interesting about lies in a relationship is, is that... Um, I think there's also, and I haven't been in a relationship that's like two, three, four years old, right? Mm -hmm. But I think there's a withholding of truth that ends up happening. And what I've heard other people talking about. And then you can feel like you have less and less access to yourself around them. So like, you know, like, oh, you can't. I think part of what makes me feel less lonely than most people is I have a very honest relationship with a lot of people in my life. Mm -hmm. So I, I get a lot of places to experience myself. But a lot of people as they get older and they get married and they're like, like let's say um, let's say you, you you know you're you're dating you're married to a guy right mm-hmm. and you know you guys are fun or whatever and then you guys are married and one day you're like you know like um, you know your friend Bill is real hot <laughs> you know and he gets really offended right so like you know you don't really really stink about it or anything like that you're like I cannot say who's attractive around him and then there's parts of your day where you wanted to talk. Oh, I can't talk about that. He, he acted weird that one time. And then pretty soon you're building this shadow life, right? Of like, oh, what's tolerable and what not tolerable to say around these people. And that's you feel abstracted very, from yourself. That's a very big thing. The whole like feeling heard 
Mm-hmm. And some of that is like, okay, well, if something makes you uncomfortable, but I need to get off my chest, now I can't even talk about that thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you really get me then, mm-hmm. you know? And that's a big issue that I've had is like, um, you know, it's like, you know, feminism and uh, like institutional oppression. I'm really interested in that. And um, and there are some times where I have felt with people like, um, I don't know how to like explain it. Just like, so I'll say it. I don't want to censor myself, so I'll say it, you know? And that person's not really something they're interested in, so they don't really engage me. And um, because they don't have those opinions or, or maybe they don't explore that, they really can't validate me or engage me because that's not, you know? So then from that, they walk away feeling like uh, uncomfortable, like I didn't give her what she needed. You know, but also, like, I'm just not really interested in that topic. And I walk away, like, maybe I just need to accept that. Or, I don't know. Well, to go back... Except that that's not going to be a part of this relationship. Yeah, you and can't... And I need to seek it in other people. Yeah, yeah, you can't play that game with them. And, because, like, this is the thing. is like, everything's a multitude of games, right? We're playing the podcast game right now. You know? <laughs> before we're playing the, the friends over lunch game. You know? And there's a multitude of things. There's some people you just can't play games with. Like, I'm going to tell you right now, I can't, I cannot be in a long-term relationship with someone who doesn't think critically about the world, who leaves a movie and was like, that was nice, <laughs> and that is completely a satisfactory response. I, I, will, I will go bored out of my mind. That's a game, that's, that, that, that game needs to be there, you know? And I think um, people need to be aware of what games they can play with people and what they can't and what they're will. Because, like, the, I like how you said the words feeling hurt. Right, because there are some opinions that we have that we need to feel heard, and we yeah. need to explore, and we need and we need avenues to explore those things. And I think if someone just can't offer that, then it's limiting, and we feel limited, and we can't build with them. It's like an improv scene where someone doesn't want to play with you. And like I remember, actually, one of the things that changed my mind about monogamy was watching a one-on-one improv group. Like it uh-huh. was like two-person improv group, and they were phenomenal. Yeah, because there's so much trust there. They they were they they weren't worried about like is this too they, there was no holding back yeah. and I argue when I was in the UK I was, I was dating lots of girls and it was I was arguing with everybody that polyamory is the way like is the way is the way no committed relationships I can have multiple relationships where I feel loved and I'm giving love but if I'm being honest I'm not giving my entire self in that you know and I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm not giving my entire self. I, I wasn't, and I wasn't even conscious. There, there, and I would, I would say all the things that would make me be vulnerable. You know, I would do the things, but there wasn't a mutual investment. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't. Yeah, a- you can like that's what I've noticed is like, I can say my deepest darkest secrets without really giving anything. You know, like, and I think we kind of have that same issue where there some people perceive a deeper relationship than actually exists because we're open. Yeah. You know, and like. Yeah, it's. I feel like true vulnerability. It, it takes more than a mere choice to share something. I think so. With me, my vulnerability is my time and my options. I look at relationships at this point with my margins of error so small to being a super famous stand-up comedian, lawyer, uh, not not lawyer, author, uh, speaker, all these other things. I look at it as so tiny uh-huh. that if I spend thirty percent of my time thinking about somebody else that I might not be able to achieve it. 
And I'm not talking about thinking about somebody else. Like I think about my parents, I think about my friends, but like really have someone invested in me. Yeah. And I'm invested in them and how that shapes my reality. I can't, that, that is where I feel vulnerable. That is what I'm most afraid of. Wait, you're afraid of somebody um, hindering the, your chances at achieving all that you want to achieve. Exactly. Yeah, same. And, for sure. And so I can, I can, I can, I can, I can have sex with you. I can, I can, I can talk with you. I can, I can play with you. I can, I can do all these things, but I can't be there for you. That yeah, that's exactly like I've had those thoughts, and it makes me think that um, you know I just can't be in a relationship. But I don't think that's true. Like, it, it would just be, like, those are my terms. And there's, like, maybe somebody has those terms. Or maybe they don't. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Well, the thing is, is also going into a relationship with expecting it to fail. I expect everything to not last. Mm-hmm. So whether we're... Well, that's, I mean, that's, like, transient. So it seems kind of healthy. Like, I don't think it's yeah. good to expect, like, things to fail, you know. But, like, I think knowing that... Even good things won't last. You yeah, know, everything's temporary. That's that's a flowery way of putting everything will fail. <laughs> no, no, and and it is it is about tra- it, it is about like kind of lack of attachment and stuff like that. It, building, and I, I've talked to you about this. I think part of what makes people like really sad in relationships is um or so I want to do some crowd work audience where I, I <laughs> like I see a couple in the audience and I point at one of them. I'm like, hey, um, are you guys dating? And they're like, yes. And I was like. Is what you like about them the fact that they don't have sex with anyone else? Is that was was that the quality that like? Well, I said fuck. Um, <laughs> and I just, I think that part of it is that we use our relationships to feel special. And, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that sometimes I don't think you're supposed to feel special from your relationship. I don't I don't think I think you're supposed to feel heard. I think you're supposed to have some of your sexual needs met. I think you are supposed to feel companionship and, and love and, and kindness. You know, I think you're supposed to feel friction sometimes and argument and and honesty, you know. But I don't think um special is one of those things. That is very true. It's like part of me yeah, I want if I'm with somebody, I want them to think I'm like like you know so pretty to them and like so this like so interesting so funny um but at the same time it really scares me if somebody is like deriving their happiness from me Mm -hmm. and both those things can't be true like someone cannot genuinely find me like the most beautiful kind most interesting person and be really content when they're not with me Mm -hmm. you know so yeah, that's very true. Well, yeah, it's just one lends itself to the other thing. And one also, this is that you don't really want to be around someone who thinks you're special. They're actually not that fun. It's someone who, I want you to think about a guy who's like, oh my God, Shira, like. My like dad. You're, you're so fun. <laughs> For yeah. real though. Yeah. And isn't it kind of exhausting to take all those compliments? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I think if I was like. I want, I want you to pick someone else because you have you, you kind of are conditioned to love your dad, right? Like, in a sense. like you might Yeah, have, but also it's not like I spend the same amount of time with him that I would, like, with a boyfriend. Or even, like, just take some guy who just likes you a lot. He's like, oh, my God, Shira, you're so funny and you're so, like, you're so pretty. Like, oh, my God, like, Shira. Or even, like, a girl who's done it. Okay, yeah. Doesn't after a while. Just, like exhausting and like like they don't they're not being themselves or like you never you know you that's probably never happens to you because you know you're so pretty you know and yeah because i think either i think they're 
being insincere or um I don't know what the other one is, but yeah. It's, you, it's the other one is you think you're better than them. And no one wants to be with someone who they, <laughs> they feel better than. Everyone wants to be with someone who's a little bit better than them. That's true. Yeah. And you, everyone wants to be with in a relationship with someone who they're wondering, why are they in a relationship with me? And not all the way. You want to be in the, kind of the same thing, but you want them to be better. Like in some way. <laughs> in some way that you feel lacking. Usually like that's it. And um... Because that's the only way you feel the butterflies things we're talking about. Like, oh. It's true. But it's like what we were talking about earlier with the whole, like, yeah. So, like, multiple people have told me I'm love avoidant. I think it's true. But, you know, the few times I've been, like, the other person in the relationship where I feel like I'm reaching up and so, like, fucking invested, it is so painful. It's too painful and I can't do it and I won't do it and I would rather, um, I would rather the the other power dynamic where where I'm not reaching. I don't know. Yeah, no. The thing is, is because it number one, a lot of your world feels out of your control, and it feels like let's say um, you're getting an opportunity to work at Google, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they called you in. You're like, holy fucking shit! And the night before, you can't sleep, and all this other stuff, and like you're going through the process, and like you finally find out you don't get the job, and it's been so exhausting. You're just like, fuck, I don't, I'm never applying for a job at any tech company ever, yeah. right? I'm just going to settle for, for um, working at Mariano's. Like, this, I'm never going to feel that way about the interview process for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And because you're not, not as invested in the status or what that would mean about you. Because also we, get in, we fall in love with what that means about us. What we, we think if we're picked by someone who is valuable, that means we are valuable because we were chosen by someone who's valuable. Yeah. And that, it's the same with institutions as it is with people. And so that's why people get all like caught up. But like here is where the game comes in. You got to mind fuck yourself into <laughs> thinking there is no, and this is actually true, that there is nobody who has more status than you because status is completely bullshit. And it, no, it's not, it's real. In the same way, when you're playing Monopoly and you really want to win and they have more money than you in Monopoly, but then you go and get a drink of water and you realize this is paper money. None of this matters. <laughs> she's pretty, yeah, but who gives a shit? She's wearing, oh, she's wearing fancy clothes that didn't exist for all of humanity. Oh, whatever. I'm a human being. I beat 500 million sperm to be here. I can have whoever I want. Well, that, that's the thing. I think it's okay. So, like, yeah, you have all these dreams about being a lawyer. You want this, you want that. And the idea of someone hindering that is terrifying. Be, so, the status you gain from those is so much more than any status you gain from being with that person. Yep. I think I'm the same way. So, like, for me, like, yeah, I think there's a lot of women who they're with, you know, some CEO they really derive um sense of self yeah through that but they're staying at home you know they're doing pilates they're going out to lunges they're not really having a lot of sense of purpose in their life mm-hmm. and they derive it from you know the men in their life maybe their sons or their husband or their daughter whatever like that terrifies the shit out of me mm-hmm. i want yeah i want to have a huge sense of purpose and feel fulfilled and be engaged and I don't want somebody getting in the way of that. And I never want to wake up and derive my identity from, like, the person I'm with or oh, my no. children. Like, So maybe maybe that is why, like, I don't know. Well, like, <laughs> that's why I had a tag for a joke. It's easier to fall in love when you have no identity. Um, 
it's because that 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 takes place of your identity yeah is this investment in the other but i i think it's very interesting that you you said basically is this yeah dude, i get way more and also this is the thing also in the sexual marketplace in chicago i don't get what i think i deserve and like i will rather not have sex with somebody than to date below my cast all right whatever like you know Jesus. i'm dead serious because like this is the thing is like i've talked to you about this before i was like man like i i put a lot of work into myself i am i'm like a really well-rounded person the likelihood of someone meeting someone like me again is close to zero and i'm not being a dick i'm just being honest um i've been in places where i've been highly compete like valued in a sexual marketplace and so i really i'm not gonna like really like lower that right it's kind of like oh i guess we won't sell that many cars this year because the market's not feeling us and so for me the type of girl that i would have to date for me to feel like i am taking a step up is near celebrity level and i'm then that's that might be a hey and listeners if you think that sounds really egotistical it's because it is (laughs) well like okay so we're talking about status we're talking about margins we're talking about numbers because that when I talk with you, these are the words that come up. These are the frames that come up. I, like I'm, my cadence changes when I'm with you. Like yeah. uh, this, I'm matching you right now. Yeah. Here's the thing. It makes me think of when Dustin Hoffman played Tootsie. And in some, even right now, this is how you talk. This is not how I can. <laughs> he, in some interview, um, he, cause you know, he played like a woman um, in it. And in some interview, he got kind of choked up and he was saying how in like thinking about beauty he's thinking about all the parties he's been to in his life and when he walks into a room he goes to the most attractive women and he wants to talk to them and thinking about all the really interesting women he never talked to like so like sometimes when I talk with you I think about that like I I get what you're saying you don't want to date below what you think you're worth and you're measuring that in terms of what these women look like a girl who maybe is like you know 15 pounds overweight she might have so much more to like show you about the world you know and because of how she looks she's not even in the running you know like so so here's the thing is i i with the attractive girls it's basically the same metric it's just like they'll get the they'll get the interview just like someone who has a harvard degree will get the interview but if if they don't have they're not interesting for me like this is the thing is i i'm i'm in a state of like raw abundance and i'm at a point where like why compromise like why why compromise on somebody who is less attractive but maybe has more to offer than someone who's more attractive with less to offer yeah no, no, when you can have it all. When you think that you're a person who has it all, why compromise? Now, I'm not, I don't go for, like, the hyper-attractive, like, oh, my God, drop dead. I want a complete person. I want to date someone who is very similar to me. And I think if I'm being that, why shouldn't the person I'm dating be that? And that that is, at the end of the day, I think most people should have that, at least as their baseline, is why date someone that and this goes back i guess back to what we were talking about earlier why date someone that you kind of feel that you could date someone better than them i would like to feel like kind of like hey like you know i've worked all this like i've done all this self-development i've grown i've become an interesting person i've done all this i should date someone similar to me and especially if i'm in a point where i want to date actually someone who pushes me 
I want someone who I'm like, whoa, like I need to become a better person because they're like kicking ass on these realms. I don't want, I don't, and I understand that there, there might be other people, like other things, but I think everybody has their drop off. Like, you know, and I think for me, it's just like looks is a huge component of I worked out all the time. I definitely, definitely understand um, wanting someone that pushes you. Like, because, yeah, yeah I, I desire that so much. I just keep, okay, like if, if I was on a date with you, like knowing like how you are and what you would present in that situation. I, not, that's not how I present it though. The, the well, joke no, is, listen, okay, okay. Listen, honestly, I would think like this guy's standards are so high that either I would be thinking like, I'm kind of scared I'm not going to meet them. Or I would be thinking, you know what? I am interesting and I kind of feel like I don't have to prove that to you. And either way, I would end up, like, converging on, like, you know what? Honestly, like, um, yeah, I, I like brunch. Like, your joke. Yeah, like, I, I, and I think that, that maybe girls who actually have a lot going on, like, because I do think it's, like, a more a masculine thing where it's, like, okay, this, this is my card. I'm going to pull out my cards and I'm going to present them to you. This is what I have to offer. But that's not as much how, like, women are, at least with each other. Like, yeah, they're concerned with status and, like, we talked about what they're going to drive from you. But, like, in a first date, like, I would so much rather figure out how we click than, like, the f- like these facts of your life. You yeah. know, like, the ODing, the, the law school, the, yeah. like, you know, being, like, biracial or triracial, whatever, you know? Like, Got a little white in there. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, like, the thing that made us really good friends, it was, like... Yeah, like, I really like your advice and it helps me a lot. But it was, like, your loyalty, you know? Like, times that, like, nobody was reaching out, like, you reached out, you know? And that has nothing to do with, like, any type of achievement that, you know what I mean? So I could almost see girls, almost like, either being intimidated or almost, like, I know my worth, and it isn't in my my weight, my GPA, or like not that you'd ask them the GPA. No, I, de- I have definitely asked girls their GPA. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense though. No, I no, I completely feel that. And sometimes, so here's the thing: is my when I am nervous, I fall back on talking about like talking points. Exactly. That, and yeah. so you and I. Also, these are my two fallback points whenever I get nervous is I get nervous and I'll, in a sense, sometimes like weave in like stories about like this artfully done. If they're not like completely like, yeah, I'm all these fucking dope things. What do you have to offer? But like woven in, you know, and with asking and genuine interest in this thing. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just end up talking about super deep shit. Those you are- also though, do you notice? I think you're a little uncomfortable with gaps in the conversation though, you know? Yeah, that... That is also like I have to plan my gaps. That's actually That's the thing. Yeah. Like I think gaps are opportunities. Like it's an opportunity for intimacy and like being comfortable. Like cuz cuz I end up feeling like I have to keep up when like if I actually sit with something I don't know. I I might have like Well, so the gaps I, that was one of the things I had to learn in game, which was to create investment. No, it was like because I basically I'm like I tell people like this. I'm like a I'm like a like going to Six Flags or LSD. I'm like something that's like really like oh whoa shit I never thought about no not Six Flags it's definitely LSD like like oh man I never thought about things like that like wow that's really cool you know but holy shit I'm not gonna do that for another four months you know and that's kind of and. 
I think me and um, Brendan Lemon have talked about this, is that we, we are really caught up in doing, and that's where we see and derive our sense of purpose, is that we just do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, so, I look at confidence in three layers. Is the lowest layer is passivity, where you just are like letting things happen, you're kind of not inflicted because you're afraid. The second layer is you're constantly doing, because you're constantly reasserting your value. And the third layer is being able to just be. Now, being looks similar to pa- passivity, but it's coming from a completely different place. Where does being come from? It comes from a place of, I don't have to do anything. The passivity is like wondering what you should do. Being is, I'm here. And how comfortable are you with that? I have waves of it. So, like, that's one of the things where I, like, I have problems. Is because, like, I come from a place where it's just, like, I... I've learned no no I've learned through like cultural paradigm and cultural programming that um, in order to have for me to have value I constantly have to achieve all right and so when I am in situations where I do feel nervous and this doesn't always happen on dates and I do not do the thing the scripting on dates but I have done it on dates so whenever you said that it like hit a point <laughs> it, it, it was like it was like ah no but I try to keep it in the moment because I know that it I know, never mind, I'll talk about some of that another time. But, like, so my instinct is to do. And so I practice being, but being's hard for me. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard because it's like sometimes when, you, when you're looking at your status from a third-party perspective, and, you, and people aren't constantly observing their status, but, like, in party situations, that, that's what makes you feel alone in a party is because you're unsure about your status. That's what, that's what, like, concerns me, though, that, like, you know, what, like, what you're saying is, is true for some people. Like, when you're saying, like, I have to reassert my value, like, technically, I, like, I, I get how that's true, but in like a you, networking sense. But you get how that's not happening consciously. Like I'm not consciously like I need to reassert my value. Consciously, I'm just like I should, oh I should say this. Uh-huh. Uh, but from a meta perspective, I'm viewing that what I'm actually doing yeah. is reasserting that I have value. Isn't that interesting? Because for me, what I'm really trying to do is like getting you to like me. Which I, I think might be a bit gendered. Like, I, like we were talking before, like people that make you feel important. Yeah. I, would ra- I would rather be the... the recipient. Um, You'd the, rather get fucked in the conversation than be the fucky. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, like, straight up, I know I'm interesting. I don't need to, like, I end up, I'm an oversharer. Yeah. You know, but like... And also, you know, it's like with women. Like, when women are together, it's it's really like you lose points for, like, patting yourself on the back or seeming like you're trying to convey something about you that's good. You win way more points for being a good friend, you know? So, like... See, well, no, I, think, I just think that's human. But, like, here's the thing is, like, I am kind of, like, whenever I'm patting myself on the back, mm-hmm. you know how you combat all that is by saying, like, look... I'm bragging about me right now. This is why I'm awesome. That number one, people don't know how to handle that, and so they're. Well, wait. Why do I have to combat that? But oh, combat that because I think well, fuck it. If you want to be proud of an achievement you have, fucking say it. Like, dude. Yeah. Hey, I'm out here. Like, this is the one thing that I think, and in white culture in America, could really learn from minority and black culture, like like Hispanic and black culture. Is dude, we rep like like we have no problem saying like, yeah, I fucking crushed it, and then being happy for that person. Like, yeah, you know what. You're fucking killing it. Like, how many... If You've hung out with the minority guys in the scene. Uh-huh. How many more compliments do we throw to each other? And how re- more receptive are we than the white comics? 
Way more. Yeah. It's because that, that's just, there's no problem in this. Well, <laughs> I don't even know. But, like, I don't, I don't ever, like, really want to brag about something and then stop. What I do is, like, the people that I know care about me, that's who I'll say that to. Because I know that they'll be happy for me versus thinking I'm trying to uh, paint a picture. You well, know? Well, so... Uh, like here's the thing is even even like with the painting of the picture or whatever and also my script on dates works fine so i i just want to let you know that uh, it works fine but i i do i do if, if, if a girl doesn't have anywhere to relate like she doesn't have anywhere to relate like you you throw the thing is with my script it's really interesting if a girl's fucking interesting like if i say like hey you know like yeah you used to live in hong kong and you're like oh i haven't been to hong kong but i was in india doing fucking thing i'll fucking yak about that forever mm-hmm. all right but if you have no travel experiences the only travel thing that you've done is go to nebraska to watch one football game I'm I'm sorry like that, that's like you just we're not there and like that's it like and it's okay but what if she's like an expert in um just like an expert drummer you know like that, maybe she never I, even left her town yeah I and you're, you're gonna like cross her out because uh yeah i don't care about drumming <laughs> i don't i don't like 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 guys if you thought you were gonna impress me by drumming i don't i don't i don't care i and it's fine like just like they they don't they don't care about hong kong hong kong they probably don't know that hong kong's not in japan like you know like the thing is is also these are feeler points in conversation i do do it for all the things you said right like like like, that's one layer of it but also it's like feel like i also throw out like drug stuff in like like in past experiences stuff is to like see what the fuck they'll say. I also, part of it is so they feel okay in the conversation. Look, if I overshare some stuff, you're gonna realize like, hey, like this guy's basically talking about all sorts of shit. It's pretty cool if I share some stuff, uh-huh. right? And I'm letting the person know like, hey, like, you know, it is what it is, you know? Cause like, I, I think a lot of times people are afraid to share who they actually are on dates. And so the dates have a lot of big rhythm, you know? Like, oh, it's too weird if I say that. Well, hey, he just talked about that shit. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's like a fundamental problem of dating. like inevitably i'm gonna be presenting the best version of myself you know and um no see, you know and i feel like just okay like two relationships ago it began on okay cupid so by month three i like the person that i saw that he was was so not what was presented and honestly like was probably the same for me versus the relationship i'm in now we were like really good friends for a long time like i think you know kind of saw like the negative sides and like began we're already able to see them as like kind of lovable and you know just a part of the whole well you're not seeing them as a product you're seeing them as a person yeah right like when you see a person on a date that's their product that's what they're selling that's like hey like this right exactly so i think that's why i'm like so turned off by it like yeah (laughs) well like i i think you brought up some points Deep inquiry. I'm no. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna take what you said. And I'm gonna like throw it around my brain. Cause I. I do. I do like. I do want people to know that I'm interesting. Mm-hmm. And and that's cause sometimes I don't know that my value. I know that I'm interesting, but sometimes I don't know if people feel that way. And also as. As. I don't feel like my value is implicit. And I think most men don't. Like, there's some dudes who do, and they're, like, six foot four, always been, like, you know, the dudes generally have always felt valuable or valued. Me, dude, I was a fucking any black dude who moved to Texas. Like, you know, like, I have spent a lot of my time, like, just trying to basically have people care about me or look at me or whatever. And so part of it is, like, man, yeah, like, you know, I get to this point and I'm, like, trying to just, like, say, like, hey, look, 
Like, this is what I have to offer. Like, you know, I'm an interesting person. And like part of basically everything everyone's told is like to share what's interesting about you, you know? And like for me, it's not really a reach to share whatever's interesting about me. I don't talk about all those things on dates, but if you basically ask me any question about me, I have an interesting answer. And it's not not being it's kind of just like where you're coming from with the the thing. But I'm also gonna say, a lot of girls bad conversationalists, just just not good. Just describe what that looks like. Oh yeah, that's cool. Um, well, like um, you know, that's very interesting. What do you, um, like? So you lived in Hong Kong. How was that? Do um, you think that they maybe feel like they they're not going to measure up and that's really curbing their ability to so to match you or or share their version of what you just said so like you know how you're talking about sometimes when you hang out with minorities you're afraid of being called like saying racist shit uh-huh. it, not because you are thinking racist stuff just like you're just like sure <laughs> you're I, I didn't mean to do you want me to edit that out no that's fine okay okay that you're more vigilant yeah yeah, yeah i think that's the same thing that happens on it like i'm sure if like we had more times to hang out and we have more of a shared, like, like a familiarity background or whatever. Yeah, we might be able to sink into a rhythm. But sometimes, like, they just don't know how to play. And sometimes I go hella weird on dates, too. I'll talk about fuck robots. But also, like, I... With you, I think the percentage of what I share is that actually less. Because I, I like listening to things you have to say. Versus, like, with other people in my life, you know, where I'm the more assertive and they're the more passive one. Yeah. Um, it's the total reverse. I'm the dom, guys. It, totally. <laughs> but, also, but also, you have, um, you have like, things to say that I'm very interested to know. And also, like, I, I know, like, your MO and, like, my MO, I just, I'm, I'm, I, I just share less, you know? And mm-hmm. I could totally see on a date, especially if, like, I wasn't that good friends with you. I would feel like maybe a little bit intimidated and feel like, oh shit, like I, I'm not on this level and I'm just gonna, versus that girl with her like BFF, she's playing your role, you know? That is super interesting. And I think it's important, like, so I don't, did you watch this video where it's like, use your friends like drugs? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, when you, like, so a lot of times we look at like, com- like part of who we are as in part of who we relate with other people. So like part of the thing is, is this, I'm very good at conversations and also, I thought I'd listen to you like that. I, I, no, no, you I, do. I, okay, like I, I, I was now I, I will, I will be quiet a little bit more on the phone. No, you, no, you super. You guys, you, you heard it. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be more quiet. I'm gonna be more listening. And honestly, I do do that on the pod. I talk a lot. I like to talk. It's good. Yeah. No, it's good. And like that's the thing. I like you're one of the drugs, and someone else is another one of the drugs. And there's things that you say that I, that I don't hear anybody else say. And, like, the time when I we were talking about life coaching, and you're like, oh, but I don't have any authority. Like, you super do, you know? So Thank you. I appreciate It's not that. like, oh, like, I'm, you know, like, I value it. Otherwise, well, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think this is, this approach, oh, no, it's only, an, we're only an hour in. But it's, we'll, we'll wrap it up in, like, 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but... <laughs> I think one of the things is on dates, we don't know how to relate with the other person yet. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what's acceptable. And even if they thought something was really cool and funny, they might not know how to play with it. Right? Like sometimes something will happen and you're like, what does that even, what does that even mean after, until afterwards? And um, I like dates the most whenever I can just get into my flow. Like kind of like on stage, but if I had longer amounts of time on stage, like if I had 30 minutes on stage, right? And like, you know, it's starting off a little bit, and then you get into your flow. Like I remember one time, 
I was just going through talking on all my dates. I, like, I have a script. I literally do have a script of the kind of stuff I talk about. Like, not on dates, but, like, at the beginning of the month, I generally just have talking points. And everyone will be like, dude, talking to you is so out of this world. Holy shit. But if you hang out with me, you realize I've just had the same conversation, like, tons of times. <laughs> That's the thing is, like, the problem with a script is it eliminates the spontaneity provided by this individual that you've never met before. Well, some, some Did you ever think that, like, think about, like, what... I almost want to, like, give you an assignment to go on a date me. where, like, she leads it, you know? And you just completely play off her and, like, throw the script out. And, like, it might crash and burn, but just to see what that feels like. like And, like, f- like okay, I'm thinking about my friend Lawrence. He's, like... A good listener to like the nth degree where um he'll ask a question and i'll finish answering he just waits because what if i have like another thought you know and it's like it's uncomfortable because it's like a silence you know and it, and it makes me kind of question my answer but his whole demeanor is like anything i say like that's that's accurate kind of because it was like my take like I want to see like you on a date and see what. Happens. Oh man, guys! That, uh, I might, I might. When I go out and game this weekend, I'll, I'll let a couple sets do that. I won't use a whole date, but. This one's I'm so excited about tonight. It's okay, so so Will's taking me to RSD free tour, guys. I don't even know what that stands for. Real but, like, social the, dynamics. Yeah, this whole essence of game and like interpreting it against like your presentation. Yeah. And like. I just think it could really open up the door, just like the reversal, like give her the script, you know? Well, like this is the thing is my biggest problem and why I don't have girls falling out in love with me is I don't let people invest in me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you talking about that and I think, I think it makes, it makes sense. Yeah. But, and also part of the reason is, is that I'm a black Indian dude in modern society, but like, that's okay. You know? But what happened to, uh... Everyone has it unfair, and, uh... Yeah, no, hey, hey, everyone has it unfair, and I'm gonna tell you this, it was a whole lot more crippling whenever I just... I used to think that it was 100% that. But then I just realized I had really shit game, and I never made moves. I do appreciate you, like, acknowledging it, though. Like, it's fucked. Well, I mean, like, here's the thing, is it hurts... It it hurts because you think it should be another way. You know what I'm saying? Because in the thing... But, like, at the end of the day, dude, it's like... Do I go out and crush it? Have I learned a lot on this kind of thing? Yeah. And, like, also, like, I think the hardest night... Have I told you about the time, like, I, like, bawled, cried on yeah. years? Wait. Oh, and when you called your mom? And called my mom. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I felt like just a gnat, you know, just, like, bothering people, you know? And to go from, like, that moment of, like, just feeling so low to, like, going out and crushing it, but then also in that same night, like, going out and crushing it, making out, like, hook up with a girl in alley you then in that same night get blown out again <laughs> like you know and you're just like yeah. you're, you're just like it's all it's all just can be whatever there's like no moment where i achieve it right like there, there there's no moment where i achieve like oh i'm player dumb or oh i'm i'm amazing and everyone yeah, loves me yeah there's no end to it no there's it's just no finish line it just is. And it doesn't say anything about me. I remember the scariest thing is like whenever I was like hooking up with a lot of girls and all of a sudden like I, it didn't happen one night and like I end up having like a complete like meltdown. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, like what the, <laughs> Jay's like, what, what's going on, man? I'm like, oh, dude, my ego's fucked up. And it's because my entire sense of self came from that type of validation. And like one of the things they teach you is to learn how to validate yourself. 
is to internally validate is to be like i don't have to be doing anything i'm i'm just here like i'm cool with me you know like it doesn't matter all these other people and that is so powerful because like man if you can insulate your validation model true like you you are and like i want to do that more on stage like i don't need the audience for validation I can validate myself. Like, I heard Russell Williamson do this during his set. He's like, you might think I'm bombing as a comedian, but it's you guys who are bombing as an audience. And I thought that was so swag. Now I'm... Th- okay, because, like, yeah, I, I, I'm a performer. I like that type of validation. I'm thinking about, like, the love I get from my friends. And, like, and you saying that, um, you know, you don't let... That other people can't invest in you. I don't... I'm just thinking of, like... This is so selfish, but, like... Okay, so, like, from when we first met, you know, like, if if someone had told me that we would be as good of friends as we are now, I just wouldn't have seen it, you know, like, just based on the things that we were both presenting, you know, and then, like... I was wearing, like, GQ outfits all the time and stuff. <laughs> GQ wannabe. But, like... Scarf. And then also, okay, so then later on, so we were already really good friends, but, like, I don't know, I'm just thinking of, so, like, when I was still using, um, there was, like, one night where I would taken, like, a bunch of pills, and I called you, and without skipping a beat, you're just like, okay, I'm coming right over, and, like, I feel I could probably count on, like, one hand, people I would, like, trust would be in that situation, but, like, even though that meant the world to me, and, like, you've been there at a lot of those times like there's no way I could really like whatever I could convey and thanks it isn't really like in this menu of validation that we're talking about you know what I mean mm-hmm. even though like at least for me that that meant the world but I don't know if they like this is even making sense <laughs> to, to, to you it meant the world and then, but you didn't feel like there's an adequate way of communicating it? Yeah. And, like, even if I had, like, the words to communicate it, I don't know if, like, if that would even feel like validation to you. Do you know what I mean? Even though that was the, that was, like, part of the thing that, that gave, like, our friendship, like, so much meaning to it. Yeah. You know? Like, meaning that is so much bigger and greater than all these like numerical like things we could chart on a graph of achievements and things that make us interesting so how i viewed that event was what made me most sad about it was that i didn't feel like it was going to be the last event of that type right and so and so when i left it i felt in 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 a very like i was just like man like she's just it's just going to end up happening again which it did and and so what kind of like it might have felt like it meant something to you like the way you could have communicated it made that mean something to me at that moment would have been like to like moved off that path you know what i'm saying like i think in a numerical way yeah well now i get that from having friends that are still in addiction and like the the only thing you could really give me is your sobriety so yeah that makes sense yeah but like i like this is the thing is like i had a date that night too did not smash she had a flight (laughs) in the morning um but um wait wait when i called no no it was already over i was i was out at Coles. uh so like but it was like i i always i think that like how we perceive validation is a form of currency and whether or not we accept certain types of currency like for me i don't care about pity 
Like pity, I don't like. I don't. I don't know how to receive. Like some people get off on pity. Like they love pity. Like yeah, they, they fucking hate it. They're like, oh yeah, and it's because you've had respect. Like if you if you've had like a lot of respect or whatever, you kind of can't cash in pity. You know, it's just like I don't. This is this is pesos, whatever. And so I think. And then there's certain types of validation we take from certain people, but not others, right? Like um, I, if a girl's like really attractive and she says I'm really attractive. I take that. That's like gold to right, me. Right, but if some like, fat grenade called you attractive. No, let's just say a man. Like, like some fat man like who's gross called me attractive, right? I, I, mean, I mean, I take it, but it wouldn't feel the same. Sure. And Or like if some – I've used this example on another podcast. It's like if, um, if Drew Michael came up to me and was like, you are the best comic I've ever seen. Oh, th- we got to wrap up the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'll, 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 plug it, whatever you plug. Finish your thought. Uh, I'll, I'll finish it off the uh, – um, if Drew Michael came up to me and was like, you're the best comic I've ever seen, I'd be like, I come in my pants. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I plug anything you have. I got to open the door. Thanks for listening. What up, what up, what up? Do you have a Twitter? Um, not really. I mean, I don't use it very much. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I don't want you guys to subject you guys to looking at Shira's non-used Twitter. Guys, as always, like, follow, share, subscribe. Follow me on Twitter. You know because I need it. I'm about to record the episode with Skylar, who just walked in the room. Say what's up, Skylar. Yo, what's up? And then, um, and then um, yeah, man, check in for next week. Godspeed and good night.